Welcome to Metro 30, the Metro Monthly's weekly conversation with the community. Hey there, listeners. I'm Zion Addison. In efforts to bring support services to area residents in need, the Mahoning County Mental Health and Recovery Board partnered with Western Reserve Port Authority. Together, they'll be redeveloping property that once housed developmentally disabled residents in order to assist those who need mental health services and recovery services. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Loan of NEO, a division of the Port Authority. Thanks for joining us today, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Zion. Now, could you tell us about the project, where it is, um, how it's being funded, where it's located? Yeah, this is a piece of land tucked in the corner of Mahoning County, right on County Line Road, off Route 46 in Austin Town. Okay. Uh, Actually, the other side of the road is is Mineral Ridge, and uh, the side where this compound is is in Austin Town. It consists of 35 acres, okay. 10 big, big buildings, and it once housed uh, a little over 125 individuals with developmental disabilities. Okay. Who are going to be the participating organizations? So we have a host of participating organizations. Uh, some are formally committed through a memorandum of understanding. Okay. Uh, others are um, still interested in partnering. So I'll start with the big ones, and that consists of uh, Compass Family and Children's Services, Alta uh, Healthcare Services, Easter Seals, Meridian Services, uh, Homes for Kids, Potential Development, and the Departments of Developmental Disabilities for Mahoney and Trumbull Counties, and NEON Council of Governments, which uh, provides training services for professionals who are working with individuals with developmental disabilities. Okay. So those are our big guys. Yeah. And then we're, uh, we're, we're looking to partner also with the Boys and Girls Club okay. of Youngstown, uh, the YMCA, um, some child care providers, so that we can slip in other support services and activities that would really enhance the range of services for the clients that live on the campus, give them more things to do, and also things that uh, family members can come visit the campus and enjoy activities there as well. Okay, so with those multiple um, partners that the project has, um, YMCA, Alta, and Compass, for example, among others, of course, what would you say collectively are the things that they bring to the table? Well, what we... What we envision is a scenario where individuals with mental health needs have the full complement of services. You're not just in a house in a neighborhood far away from everything, but you're in a place where you have access to public transportation. Um, oh, and Flying High is also wants to be a partner. You would then have access to some job training, okay. skill building, those kinds of things. Uh, you might even be employed on the 35-acre campus okay. doing landscaping, laundering, food production. We, we have these various activities uh, in, in the pipeline. And then maybe, too, you, you do silver sneakers in the morning or basketball in the afternoon, yeah. you know, it's aerobics, Zumba, what have yeah. you. And so it's it's a good life, you know, um, and and it's a life where family members can participate more easily in, in your daily activities. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, how did um, NEO realize or identify that there was a need for the project and its services? We've been in conversations for about a year. Okay. Um, 
we, we've known the community has always had a need for real quality residential services for mm-hmm. individuals, especially with mental health needs. Okay. Um, state and federal level, there's just not a lot of support there. So we're really looking to do something that no one else has tried before. We're really looking to have... Um, through partnerships, overlap of services, so it costs less and you can deliver more. And um, it was the Mahoning County Commissioners that approached us, especially Commissioner Medio Rigetti, Carol Medio Rigetti. Oh. She wants to see wraparound services for these individuals with mental health needs. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've had all kind of partners working together. Dwayne Picciarelli, the director of the Mental Health and Recovery Board for Mahoney County, has been involved. He's been wonderful, worked very hard. Yeah. And now we're um, having conversations with our state uh, representatives looking to secure a few more dollars okay. to make those capital improvements you need. There's always money involved, mm-hmm. Sion, mm-hmm. you know. And now, of course, I understand um, part of your role includes securing grant funding. Has that been easier or more difficult to come by in recent years? Grant funding is not as easy as it used to be. Okay. Uh, some years ago, I was pretty involved with those kinds of things, and um, it, it, there were more grants out there, period, mm-hmm. just more. Uh, now there are fewer grants and um, many fewer that address some of the needs uh-huh. like we have here. Um, There is a growing uh, range of opportunities for individuals in recovery because of the opioid crisis. However, this piece of land, it it backs up to some neighborhoods and so forth. It's not a good location for folks in recovery where you you often have uh, recovery services that mm, have some volatility to it and the neighbors may not be as comfortable Uh in that kind of scenario. Um, They're very happy to have it be a campus for mental health and so forth, but um, beyond that, we're we're going to sort of move toward the post-recovery population. Those folks, maybe they're veterans, what have you, they're looking to stabilize, you know, and they're getting to the other side of things, get that job, you know, um, get some support so you can get on your feet and, you know, plant a new life for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that group. Now, what services specifically have been missing or maybe just needed a little boost in the area? There are just flat out not enough beds for folks with mental health needs. Okay. Um, so that that's the first most basic thing. But then it's been real tough. I, I know some parents and, and um, family members of individuals with mental health needs they can't get jobs, or if they get them, they can't get to them, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. It's, it's much better to have a job where, really, you can walk out the door and you're working right there in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we hope to be able to provide there. Um, so so the jobs and, and the housing are the two core needs. Um, but then also quality of life. Um, you know, what do you enjoy? How can you challenge yourself individually? You may have, you know trouble chemistry brain chemistry it doesn't matter what you still need to be able to read your books go to your movies in, enjoy activities with people and so forth and interact and um, it's hard to do that when you're in a place that's too far away mm-hmm. in a neighborhood that may not always be as safe as you'd want it to be things like that so we want to address that quality of life side too of course now how does the organization plan to raise awareness about the opportunities and services that will be provided by the development center? Well, happily, because we've got these partners all mm-hmm. lined up, um, they're pretty well in the middle of these conversations already. Okay. Um, and so I, I just, 
I so admire the work that they do uh, and the dedication that they all have. Uh, Joe Shiroki, who heads up Alta, they provide the Head Start services. Okay. You know, here's a guy who just saw uh, that the Head Start services are delivering meals from Cleveland down to the kids in Head Start here in Youngstown every wow. day. By the time those meals get here, they're cold, stone cold. Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, what can we do? You know, how can we?" Provide better food service. And so he got a grant, and um, we're still working on building the staffing for something like this. But um, how can we deliver that 1,000-plus hot meals every yeah, day at yeah. lunch? And how can we do that with individuals with special needs working there in the mm-hmm. kitchen and learning the process? And uh, because we have extra acreage that's open, um, Jeff Magata from Flying High had the idea that maybe he'd expand some farm services out there. Oh, okay. And wow. then we'd yeah produce the food locally. So these are the kinds of ideas that are popping from the agency people, the experts, the folks who work in the field. Would you say the plan is to have everything on site at the development center, sort of like a self-contained thing, people working, people helping? As much as possible, Zeon. That's a that's a good summary of things. There's a couple cases where um, you got some um, young adolescents uh, maybe went through the foster care system mm-hmm. and um, Homes for Kids uh, it is going to provide four bedrooms in one of the units there. And these units are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's just beautiful condition. And uh, those would be for those kids who are 18 years old. They've aged out of the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll be going to Eastern Gateway. Maybe they'll be going to YSU yeah. or getting job training else off the campus. But they got a safe place to come home to at night. And they got somebody to sort of coach them through those life skills that it took me 30 years to master, oh. you know. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll have some of that. Same with potential development. Some of those kids, um, they're they're on the autism Asperger spectrum, and they, they just need a little more help. But uh, we hope, and we're in conversations with WRTA, mm-hmm. the public transit agency for the region. So we hope to be able to have easy access to transportation for folks out in and out of there. Yeah. Now, could you explain what it means to create a hub for community activity? Because I like how. Um, in the report you mentioned for the project um, that in, the involvement includes seniors and youth, disabled and able. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, for instance, Easter Seals really wants to have a senior daycare place there. Okay. Um, so how great would it be if, uh, you know, you, you have seniors who are maybe in early stages of dementia and you're worried about your mom, you're worried about your dad, mm-hmm. um, but you got to go to work. So there's a place they can go. And again, can we offer them silver sneakers? Can we offer them poetry writing, um, art, you know, yeah. taking a walk around the campus because it's safe and it's quiet and it's beautiful yeah. um, so that even the elderly have just a whole host of options to do in the course of the day. And again, um, same with Easter Seals, they're offering program for youth, as is Alta down there. And so we want to have programs that are going to address a variety of youth programming. And there is a full basketball court there. Oh, wow. And there's a small swimming pool, therapy swimming pool, and there's a few side exercise rooms. There's a room that had been previously a library and such. So already the bones are there. Yeah. You know, it's a matter of filling it with the folks who can probably provide the programming and the activities. Right, right. Now, would there be a way for Youngstown State to get involved in the future? 
Yes, uh, and I got them on my sites. I'm glad you're asking that question, Sian. What we want to have is some f- real formal paid internship programs, okay. um, and if there's any way we can weave that into the curriculum where there's, of course, credit and so forth, um, we want to be able to offer that to the agencies who are there on the campus. It's such a good opportunity to sort of live and work uh in a place where you get the range of professionals right at your fingertips and you're learning and yeah you're you're building for yourself a a professional vision Mm -hmm. Um, and i've had a lot of interns at ysu you're an intern at ysu yes yeah yeah right it's (laughs) the greatest experience experience, yeah (laughs) so i i hope we can have a a a good cadre of of interns there absolutely what would you say are the or would the ideal outcomes be for potential residents those who are in need of mental health and recovery services? Well, you know, I, I hope there's a variety of needs. Um, and, and I hope anyone who walks on the campus finds something that they can feel enriched by. Um, you know, I, I even kind of hope you, you got some individuals where, you know, the, the mom has a young son, say, who's on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. They go down there during the day. She does aerobics in one room, and he does uh, activities in another room. And they're, they're both fulfilled in one manner yeah. or another. Um, and, and that's really the vision that Commissioner Rigetti has been promoting. And, and I think it's so neat. Um, so often what we do is we sort of cordon off those folks with mental illness, and they don't have a chance to sort of build back relationships mm-hmm. and so forth and a lot of folks are just looking at a sh- short-term recovery period where they need to learn how to integrate their lives in a more wholesome and holistic way can we offer that and, and can we make it happy and fun uh not to go on and on about it but okay. there there was a french fella in the 60s named yeah. jean vanier and he started these communities called l'arche it stands for an arc l'arche l'arche okay yeah, and, and his whole vision, he he got a Ph.D. and he wrote a thesis yeah. on Aristotle and stuff like oh, that. Wow. And, and, and he came down to this simple, after lots of pages and lots of research, he yeah. said the, the core to happiness is the ability to love and be loved, mm-hmm. period, right? And how often are we in places where um, because of your illness, you, you, you can't love and you cannot be loved, so this fellow, Jean Vanier, he started these communities where basically everyone's a friend to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping we'll have here is it's a place where the abled and the disabled uh, can mingle and find happiness together. Definitely. No, I see that. I think that's a really important thing with um, trying to get people connected and trying to like build groups that support each other and people who can rely on each other. It's just like it strengthens community, I would say. Yeah, it does. And, and you don't realize how much happiness it brings you until you, after you've pulled through and yeah. <laughs> you all high five each other. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, um, earlier you did briefly mention the um, the opioid crisis that we've seen going on, not just in Ohio, but in places in the Midwest. Um, would you say because of that, that has maybe sort of influenced how grant funding is given now because of that? People want to try and address the issue more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Um, in fact, we we did get preliminary approval for a, a, something called the Resilience Grant through the state. And uh, this happened when the former governor, Kasich, 
He was going through uh, East Liverpool and he saw the decimation that the opiate crisis left in its wake. And he said, well, you know, what can we do? And he set aside a couple million dollars. And his whole idea was, how can we have a place for people to go for programming seven days a week Mm -hmm. where they can feel safe and they're not in a at risk, and it's as much the child whose parents are addicted, you know, as it is the folks who are trying to get on the other side of recovery. Uh, so we're looking at exactly that. How can we provide a place for people to go that's safe, uh, that's got a supportive activities, including spiritual counsel when needed, that sort of thing, every day of the week? Um, and we're building on that. Yeah. When um, I don't think I asked this earlier, but when is the project estimated to be completed? Uh, okay, keep your fingers crossed. Okay. July 1, 2020, folks okay. will be moving in. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What we hope is uh, we're looking at state uh, budget bills right now, mm-hmm. and what we're hoping is we'll get that seed money and we'll be able to deploy that in 2019 and the beginning half of 2020. And uh, the buildings are in great shape, but you know, you, you got to have uh, all of the systems kind of yeah. polished up a bit and other things like that. So. That'll take about a year, we hope, if all goes well. Yeah. Thank you for speaking with us today, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Zion. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. As always, I'm Zion Addison. Metro 30 is produced in collaboration with the Youngstown Radio Reading Service. Visit metromonthly.net for news, features, and the Valley's most complete calendar of events. And be sure to subscribe to the Metro 30 podcast.